Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Aya. Today I have the pleasure of company of Lieutenant General Ravi Shankar, and uh, he and I we are going to be discussing about Tibet, whether China ever really uh, uh, ruled over Tibet, whether they occupied it, whether Tibet was any time part of China, whether they considered themselves to be part of China, all that stuff. as uh, you know we need to start moving forward while you know everybody is talking about nupur sharma i think uh, we felt that it's important to understand what is happening at the borders these days noise is getting created one place action happens somewhere else so let's welcome lieutenant general ravi shankar general ravi shankar namaskar and welcome to pay guru sanal sir namaskar and thanks a lot sir thanks for calling uh, me over but before we start today's uh, you know discussion i'd like to convey my condolences on behalf of you and everyone on the unfortunate demise of uh, the japanese premier shinzo abe uh, who was shot down by an assassin or who what do you call them uh, i think it's a great loss for all of us he was a great friend of india and he was a man who uh, you know conceptualized the quad and he's uh, and i believe that the social media in china is agog by the fact that you know he's passed away they're very happy about it and uh, he's done a lot for indo japanese relations uh, may his soul rest in peace uh, i think with this we should take forward our uh, strategic discussions Thank you, sir. And viewers, uh, tomorrow we are planning to air a, a monologue by Professor Arvi, who has actually had a chance to work with him, uh, Shinzo Abe, uh, on Abe's Abenomics and Quad. He's going to give us a, a monologue, so do look out for that. So today's uh, topic, General Ravi Shankar. Again, viewers, we kind of think that what has happened in Tibet could very well play out in Arunachal Pradesh. May not be tomorrow. but sometime down the road so whatever you are going to listen today please listen carefully because a lot of these things are applicable to arunachal pradesh also and who better than the good general ravi shankar who has done many many programs with us very in depth you also have a powerpoint presentation today and general please take it away sir uh thanks a lot uh, mr aya uh, tibet is a very important piece of territory for india and china Uh, through history we've never heard that you know india and china ever shared a border that's our common thing whether you call it in our in uh, codified books uh, or puranas or our scriptures no one said that you know do people who are living across the himalayas were chinese right on the other hand uh, you see our uh, mount kailash kalash parbat mansarovar where our uh, main waterways indus uh, ganga and uh, brahmaputra originate and that's been a, a so place of pilgrimage through history if you go by history alone that part of india that part is part of india but then as things have evolved today we are in a situation where tibet is officially recognized as part of uh, china everyone in the world says uh, you know tibet 
is an internal matter of China, right? But it is not so. And however, people have forgotten it and we've been treating them as part of China. Uh, this whole thing has come into focus because there was a Congressional Review Committee on China, which was given a presentation based on some research. And that research said that Tibet was never part of China. And this is the U.S. Congressional Committee, right, yeah, sir? Yeah, yeah, I, right. So, but what I'd like to, I mean, I've just taken a few sentences out of it. We need to read that and we need to understand it. And then we'll go back into history. He says, you know, very definitively, they say, that his report says, China does not have sovereignty over Tibet. And it is occupying Tibet illegally. Okay. Now, this is the basic fact. He also says, if any government states that it considers Tibet to be part of the People's Republic of China, it cannot but treat Tibet and Sino-Tibet relations as China's internal affairs. That's the crux. So the world treats the Sino-Tibetan problem as part of an internal issue, whereas there's an illegal occupation. Okay, so what is the next thing about this uh, presentation? Now, this is interesting. Because we have not, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Now, it, this report says it requires the Sino-Tibetan conflict to be called and treated what it is, an international conflict. Failing squarely within the international community, including the US government's purview and responsibility, and we should not treat it as an internal affair. His, this report calls for that. Okay, it further says, this is important. He says, Beijing's aggressive behavior in the South China Sea and threatening moves towards India, Bhutan, and to press territorial claims as well as its genocidal policies against Uyghurs stems from the fact that it considers Tibet internal to it. And the areas surrounding Tibet are also part of it. It is part of an expansionist policy. You first expect, accepted what is not theirs as theirs. And now they are asking for more. They're using this principle of more. Something, I mean, today you call it salami slicing. Right? So unless you you put this put a stop somewhere, or put a check on China somewhere, nothing will happen. Right? Now, uh, this is what it is. But let us see, is there a historical leg to it? What's the geopolitical background to this whole affair? Okay, now this is interesting. Why I say China's expansionist theory? Ma this is called the Mao's five-hand plan, five-finger plan. Mao felt that Tibet was the palm of a hand with four fingers getting to Arunachal, Bhutan, uh, Sikkim, Nepal, and the fifth finger pointing towards Ladakh. And all this should be part of China now that Tibet is part of China. So the designs are clear. And there's another theory which says this six wars which China must fight before the end of the century. One of the wars is with India to ensure that Mao's five-hand plan 
or five finger plan uh, is uh, you know they've got hold of it expansionism okay now let's look at history is was tibet ever part of uh, china this is an old map which i got i mean it talks of hindustan with oo must be in the last century right it very clearly says that you know tibet this is tibet in the central part is not part of china i mean this might be wrong for many reasons but it is right for one reason that tibet was never part of china and it must be old more than a century old if you go on the internet and do a cursory search on such maps you will get any number of maps which show india tibet and china separately you will also see a lot of doctored maps which show tibet as part of china and that you if you dig a bit you know that they are chinese in origin okay now let's look at the great wall all of us know historically that the great wall of china was built by the chinese emperor emperors to keep outsiders out from china so that means whatever the great wall of china that depicted china anything outside that wall was not china isn't it yes i mean it's a fundamental thing and there's no one single great wall of china through history you you have a look at the number of walls which are there built by various dynasties and as per their perceptions and their threats of what constituted china and their empire the chinese empire at that point of time not a single wall came up tibet in fact the wall which you see in this the here it might be to keep tibetans out of china not the other way around not the other way around okay now this is also another map or uh, dynasty wise again you see this is a silk road which they used to follow and the silk road never came to through tibet it skirted tibet completely and went into east turkestan or today what we call xinjiang that was between the uh, uh, tibetan mastiff and uh, the kunlun mountains the narrow passage yeah that's the sil- where the silk road went here yeah. right and uh, so right so it doesn't stand to reason okay now let's look at it from a different point of view we've all heard of fa hian and zuan sang or hian sang yeah the chinese call them zuan sang of fa hian this is the root of fa hian none of these chaps came through tibet and they came through the time when harshvardhan was the king of india or the, the northern india patliputra was the center of india virtually at time or chandragupta maurya in that period these people came to india right in fact if you go today to bodhgaya gaya you will find a pavilion where zuanzang's fruit is marked and approximately and hyunsangs these chaps didn't come through tibet they went through this entire route went to afghanistan got over the bolon or the khyber pass and came to india and hyuns uh, fahian came went all over went down to sri lanka and then went back by sea he did never cross back if if tibet was part of china he should have just walked across tibet that's history isn't it yeah uh, so it's never part of history same thing with this is yuanjiang uh, yuanjiang's map 
these might be later day depictions but the fact is the route you see the route was not across the tibetan plateau as if it is part of chinese empire that's the point i'm trying to make and this is recorded history and this is there available with them also if the chinese claim tibet as part of china why didn't old empires why didn't these fellows come through this never okay now you look at core china the han china as we understand it it has outlying areas and these people were never part of the chinese system and if you put this and transpose it to the great wall of china which i have shown you it comes like this tibet tibetans zhenjiang inner mongolia or rather for that matter the entire inner and outer mongolia earlier it was just mongolia today it is inner mongolia and outer mongolia outer mongolia is an independent state inner mongolia is a today district of china it was split okay and manchuria manchuria also was never part of china and other than the time when the manchus ruled china okay right now if you go back into the history of tibet in it was in 19 uh, sorry 1720 till 1720 tibet was an independent nation it, it, go back in time they say that one of the kings of tibet married a chinese princess so that the relations between china and tibet could be okay then the mongols conquered tibet but when they conquered tibet they conquered china also the complete china and tibet were part of the mongolian empire when the mongolian empire disintegrated china tibet became independent then all these dynasties came no one ruled tibet till 1720 1720 it was the manchus who were in uh, china right they had to intervene because there was political turmoil in tibet see if you see the tibetan plateau the uh, the the southern edge of the plateau is the himalayas very steep very few passages but whereas the northern part the ando ando and further you know it gradually merges into china so there is a free flow of people between china and tibet at that point of time okay that's why you find more cultural affinity there you know there is no doubt that the cultural affinity was there tibetans had more cultural affinity with chinese than indians that's a that is a irrefutable fact but then like i said the manchus intervened due to political turmoil in tibet but then what was the arrangement thereafter the manchus had a resident in lhasa he exercised control he exercised control till their own dynasty collapsed when the manchus collapsed the resident was also but he was there he continued to be there but he, he didn't have any great power amban used to be called no in all this time tibet had its own official flag legal system everything it was in, independent now there was a it, this was a nebulous relation uh, system where tibet functioned as an independent nation but the resident when the manchu dynasty period had some control over what tibet could do or not do this was termed as chinese suzerainty over tibet by the britishers okay now all this went for a toss in 1904 when colonel young husband 
he took his expedition and entered lhasa from that day onward the british dominion went up to lhasa and the british control over tibet commenced the resident continued to stay there for a long time but he had no value 1912 chiang kai shek's nationalist government for the first time when they dis- uh, declared tibet as part of china not the prc earlier than that before that no one declared it as part of china but very funnily i mean immediately one year later the 13th dalai lama declared the independence of tibet and expelled all chinese it all of them to vanish and the british presence there forced the chinese out of the area completely now when the british has left okay india had its own woolly headed let's be very clear we are also complicit to the problem we were woolly headed about what should be india and not and what should be tibet what should be the status of burma all those you know we had our own issues we and our focus was on pakistan and yeah sir <laughs> pandit nehru wanted to disband the army and said there is no need for army we don't intend yeah. any it was a <laughs> well that's a different story that's the problem we were woolly headed about the whole affair we had people we had our own uh, we had an ambassador or whatever you call it in high commissioner in in lhasa right so let's get back to that slide okay 1949 when the communist party came to power they instigated the panchan lama panchan lama is a number two lama after dalai lama in tibet okay they instigated him to appeal to them to liberate tibet Accordingly, in 1950, PLA invaded Tibet through the this ruse. So this is the story, and this continues till date. The Panchen Lama, of course, the last Panchen Lama, the uh, uh, Chinese had a lot of problem because they wanted to put one Panchen Lama at one point of time. There were two Panchen Lamas, all that. There was a lot of drama, and the current Panchen Lama, who is recognized by Chinese, is no not considered as a Panchen Lama by Tibetans. that whole story is going on and it will come up next when the current dalai lama passes away or the next dalai lama has to be incarnated okay now now this is interesting again when tibet was conquered by or invaded by china china forced tibet to sign a 17 point agreement the 17 point agreement is the legal agreement by which annexation of uh, tibet by china has been sealed this is a legal document only legal document now china forced tibet to sign it illegally, uh, illegally. it was signed on behalf of tibet by some fellow they no one knows who the chief is not the dalai lama not the panchen lama none no the the tibetans were always ru- ruled by the monastic order none of them signed we don't even know who signed but what is more most interesting with some of many people uh, i read this somewhere and i mean i, I have the uh, the reference also the opening paragraph of the main statement admits tibet status as a separate entity this is interesting where the words to the effect i believe are that china says it did not affect 
any effective control over the last 100 years and more. The main legal document by which annexation of uh, Tibet has been claimed by China has these words. No, that means by their own self-admission, Tibet was never part of China. And for some reason, we've not accepted it. I mean, we've we've not got into it as to what it is. Whether it's right, wrong, we don't know. I mean, or whatever. In any case, in this uh, area e era of information operations, this is great for us to exploit. Okay, so okay, let's get off the slides. We'll discuss a bit, and then we'll. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is what it is: the legal status of Tibet. Now the point is this: if Tibet is part of China, and taking into account China's expansionist attitudes, uh, it's only a matter of time they last for more. They have already uh, exhibited their intent in Eastern Ladakh. They from 2003 they are asking for Arunachal Pradesh. That I'll talk a little later about it. The other two slides are what we have to handle, right? So this is it. So if you have any questions, I mean any issues, we'll discuss and then I'll show yes, you sir. what it yeah. is to the current thing. What should we focus on? So let's look at the timeline. 1951, you said that this agreement was signed. When was Aksai Chin annexed? I, I should say it is called something as Ghostana. We should start calling okay. it as Ghostana, sir. That was your original what name. What do you want? The fact <laughs> is that soon after that, that, that road between Tibet and uh, Xinjiang or Xinjiang, as it was known, was being was built. And the, there are reports that the, of this road uh, came to our uh, knowledge in the early 50s. By 56, we knew all this was happening. There, there, were, there are reports by Indian Army officers who had gone there on patrols and seen it. Right. I mean, it is not as if we didn't know this road was happening. It is just that we did, took an ostrich-like attitude for whatever reason. Oh, well, here's an interesting uh, conversation that took place in the parliament. Uh, Nehru answering a question said that uh, there is nobody there. No one goes there. So, you know, it's pointless. And then one of the parliamentarians who was bald said, look, my head also, there's nothing growing yeah. there. So does that mean you cut off my head? Cut off my head. No, you can't. Yeah. So right. uh, there, there's, yeah, I agree with you completely. I completely agree with that uh, thing. I, I, I read this uh, exchange. So why we did it, we don't know. I mean, it is something which just thing. Uh, the more important question is, how do you reverse this? See, like what that US congressional report says, you have to make China look internally. If you put you put a question mark on Tibet. If people start saying, no, Tibet is not yours. So for, then the rest of the those five mouse, five finger plan and all will come into question. But till the time that happens, nothing can happen. And we have legal, this is the historical bias, but there are legal issues also uh, on this. And that's what I'd like to point out. I mean, if you have anything, I'll just think, otherwise I'll get to that, the current play where it is. Um, so, 
Nehru's relationship with the army, especially with the General Karyapa and then uh, the other general, the Timapa, I think, who followed him. Timaya. Timaya, Timaya. Uh, uh, general Ravishankar, my request to you, we'll cover that part, the early years of the Indian army in two, three weeks' time when you are ready to talk about it. So these are all historical facts. Many don't even know the kind of stuff that was dreamed up. Um, Look, uh, I mean, we'll go into that history a little later. But the fundamental yes, yes. thing was that Nehru had a deep distrust of the army at that point of time. I mean, this is recorded. I'm not saying anything originally. Right, right. And right. The, the, the distress was very simple. The British, the Indian army was a derivative of the British army. Okay. The British Indian army. In his opinion, the Indian army didn't contribute for the independence cause. It didn't side with the... Uh, those who were fighting for India's independence. That was his view. Mind you, Gandhiji didn't have that view. Sir, he's ill, no. Ill, sir, he's Ill, Ill informed, sir. I have personal experience with my grandfather being part of the naval mutiny that took place in Mumbai. That, no, no, that's what I'm trying to say. That is what you're saying is 100% right. Gandhiji was not of that view. It was Gandhiji who said, look, we must send the Indian army, our army, to fight. Hitler, he, because he agreed that Indian army can be used in the Second World War, it was used. Otherwise, it couldn't have been used, even by the Britishers. What you said is right. The first mutiny started by, Air, by the Air Force. And then it followed by the Great Bombay Mutiny. When these two mutinies took place, and of course, the 1857 mutiny was also uh, not you know, out of the British mind, the Britishers realized that they were losing hold on the army. If the army was with them, the army, because the army was the biggest uh, thing, probably India might not have got independence. The army was not with them. This part of our history is often not well understood. And definitely at that time, Mr. Nehru, for whatever reasons, I mean, I cannot blame him. Because that was probably his mindset. He did it. Right. So this, the moment that politico-military connect broke or was never established. And I see Nehru must have been afraid of a military coup. Sure he was. Right. And then it gave room for China to prosper. And for some reason, uh, Nehru had a lot of regard for Chauhan Lai and he trusted Chauhan Lai. I mean, this is again with history. This is, uh, it is not my imagination. Okay. You... <laughs> you know, Nehru says punch shield and, and Chauhan Lai says five fingers. <laughs> five fingers, yeah. That's, that, uh, their concept of this punch shield was completely different. Right. So this is where it is. But then the question is, what do you do now? That's the million dollar question. Do you have leeway to do uh, reverse? You can't, you know, you can't unwish history. It's there. Where do we go forward from here? That's, that, that's the point which I would like to dwell on. Yes, sir. Please, please continue yeah. with the, the yeah, let's have a slide. Yeah. No, 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 no yeah. problems. I, we needed it. You see, uh, it was in 2003, the agreement 
it is an agreement between india and china which de facto recognizes uh, where india gave recognition to tibet and china gave recognition to sikkim as part of india i mean this is a very funny thing again this is what it reads these are exact words this is from that agreement and this agreement can be downloaded i downloaded it from the mea site it says the indian side agrees to designate changu or sikkim state as the venue for border trade market that means changu is in india the chinese side agrees to designate ranking gang of the tibet autonomous region as the venue for border markets trade market that means that that's in china which actually if you take it in the larger sense there is no other agreement there is no declaration that says okay hereafter we declare tibet as part of uh, china there is no declaration by them to say this sikkim is part of india no this is the only wording in all if someone says me more i'll get educated i have no problem if you say this if this is the if you see the principle and the spirit of this agreement it means that anything north of the macmohan line is tibet anything south of macmohan line is india i mean you know they didn't want they kept it a little vague because the macmohan line itself was ill defined and so was the border between in the eastern ladakh right the frontier border call it what you want so they said, okay it will get resolved but the principle of the whole thing was uh, put across in this the spirit that was when the relations started easing out and here comes the funny part this is my problem it was after 2003 the chinese violated this agreement to then started claiming tibet arunachal pradesh as south tibet before this there is no mention of arunachal as south tibet at all there is no talk of south tibet in before 2003 any document anyone can say that this was called south tibet i will again get educated so south tibet their claim of south tibet itself is a violation of this agreement okay the next thing is that this agreement is the foundational agreement for all border peace and tranquility agreement bpts which have been you know done so five or six of them i don't even remember their uh, dates now each always said we should respect each others uh, views and you know not violate and they had over years they said there are eight or nine pockets where we agree to disagree where our mute their perception of the border is different barring that the rest of the border is generally okay lsc okay and then they came in to uh, eastern ladakh violating those uh, bpts so they have violated the 2003 agreement and they have violated the other border peace and tranquility agreements if you take both all our agreements legally with china stand null and void i and very funnily in 2003 we did a part agreement why did we only say only tibet and sikkim and all that 
we could have broadly given a broad brush for the others also we didn't so we gave away almost entire tibet for sikkim and this right. was under the great vajpayee government which of a government i am not I, I am not interested in personalities i am interested in the government of india the bureaucracy and the ministry of external affairs and the intelligentsia of that point of time would have taken a considered decision before briefing mr vajpayee and sending him to sign this agreement or his government to sign this agreement historians have been consulted is was this the deal i mean fast forward it to now you gave away kailash heights what is the plan just to push them back from pangongso and chushul and you left them chok isn't there a similarity with the way you dealt with them in 2003 and now you gave away your advantage look i support whatever our people have done when we vacated kailash range and they we pushed them back from pangongso and chushul they should have had a plan to ensure or they would have should have had an agreement that look we are doing this now but that has you have to move back or some leverage has to be made but now one one and a half years later we find there's no leverage can we now reverse the situation yeah you can't overnight say look we don't recognize tibet i agree with that uh, thing because you're not strong enough you're not strong uh, fiscally you're not strong economically you're not strong mil- militarily and with this great transformation of agnivir with leave the agnivir transformation the uh, merits and demerits sort of it any transformation induces instability i mean it's a given a chap who starts driving a cycle is susceptible to a fault till he gains speed so this is a in- unstable period and this period of instability will you be able to uh, reverse the decision you can't so virtually for the next 5 to 6 years till the agnivir scheme and your military restabilizes you you actually cannot talk and he is building up his forces completely so the legal foothold you have has to be backed by a gun do we have it okay you don't have it today i have no problem we we have not had it we have a poor nation we are a developing nation we never had the problem to have it but are we developing it with that idea in mind that you have to reopen that thing when you reopen that thing you have the strength enough to keep them out okay don't want to do all this no problems but still there has to be a plan i mean let me put it in a slightly different context the world recognizes this entire one china two systems policy isn't it and they also say one china policy what has usa done recently they dropped that one china policy line out that one china thing they just dropped it out of their websites now china is jumping you we say one china china usa says yeah we have not said anything we just taken it out that means 
their claim over Taiwan has been derecognized altogether. It's subtle. Can you do something like that? General Ravishankar, as much as I would like India to do that, the harsh facts today are that India is actually bowing to a minuscule nation which can probably fit into Madras. That is what is the truth. Please continue, sir. I know, I know we don't want to go into politics, but this is no, the reality. I don't, no, no, look. Let's forget about that. I understand uh, what you're this thing. But I'm now talking real politics. I'm talking faction figures. There's no politics. I'm not interested in which, which party is ruling India. I'm looking at the government of India as a good army man and as someone who's done a bit of research on this. So you need to flip or inject it. To that extent, look, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, to that extent, I must give credit to a prime minister who conveyed his greetings to Dalai Lama. Sometime back, even that was not done. I mean, it's not as if all is lost. Okay. He did convey and China has expressed his uh, displeasure. So be it. Let's take it forward. We we had someone, a, a minister attending, uh, 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 Honorable Minakshi Lekhi. She attended Dalai Lama's uh, births, uh, you know, birthday celebrations. That was there. But somehow, what is the next step then after that? It's a acclaimed fact that the US does not support Dalai Lama officially. But you do, because for the past 70 years it's been sitting in India. You have the biggest card to play. You saw what happened in Eastern Ladakh when we used the Tibetan troops. Right. I'll talk about this demography. You ask me this question, I'll explain to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, there are issues in this. There are layers in this. I've raised a lot of questions. I'm not against what the government is doing. All I'm trying to say is our government should have a plan. Work to that plan. Because the day you make China look inward and worry about Tibet... The way you are worrying about Kashmir and the way you are worrying about you know the northeastern states, you'll have peace. People will also say, if you finger China, you know, you'll get fingered 10 times more. Well, we've already gone through the worst of it. What's left? I mean, if that fellow is playing a gray zone, doing gray zone warfare all over you. You have a bigger chunk to play gray zone warfare. You have a bigger handle to play gray zone warfare or call it whichever zone warfare it is. Start. And start intelligently. I mean, I'm not saying go and charge up the Himalayas tomorrow and pick up a fight with Tibet. That's the worst thing to do. Or rather with the, this thing. But the subtle things, maybe cartogra cartographically we can do something. Have some thought sessions on this whole affair. Get people to write. Right? And of course, yeah, like if someone said, if as and mind you, this is probably one of the best times as China is getting weaker. And this is also history. Yeah? Whenever China was weak, Tibetan flag was high. 
whenever china was strong the tibetan flag was down so let's wait or create conditions for that wait yeah i've had my say i think we should entertain would you like to finish up the uh, is there any, and that's it okay that was the last slide okay so yeah, um, general ravi shankar um, india has allowed parts of it to be occupied by pakistan and china for now 70 plus years and government of india let's not talk about politician the government of india should have had a plan somewhere in in defense ministry think tanks wherever of a plan to get back all these things shedding the minimum amount of bloodshed people is there any such plan because i am now hearing that gilgit baltistan that pakistan does not own is planning to be sold to china see uh, let me put it this way okay let's talk of gilgit baltistan you want to have a plan to take over gilgit baltistan fine but there are repercussions of trying to do that will you do it militarily or politically it has to be politically so you if you want to do it politically you have to create condition for that politically thing to happen that's the first point the second thing is would you like to add 4 million more muslims into your fold we have there are repercussions i'm not against taking them into our fold because that's our land we should take them over the people we should own them but they come with a big baggage of plan, uh, problems are you prepared to take it on these two questions someone need to answer and then we can have a plan i mean if you can have the entire jnk state and the union territory and leh and ladakh which has got also a sizable population of muslims as part of your country i have no problem with taking over gilgit baltistan provided the government of india and india is willing to do so it has to be done politically this entire story it cannot be done militarily the military thing is the last when it comes to the area of tibet china i've said you cannot do it again militarily it has to be done politically it has to they have to be leveraged out right they have to be leveraged out like they in, injected this thought of arunachal pradesh just after the signing a treaty in 2003 you need to inject the thought ask for mansar over it's yours kailash parbat is yours based on our hindu scriptures and puranas ask is there a counter bargain and that has to be injected that is something which has to be done uh, holistically Either, right if if not this government some other government or some other government general ravishankar we have some questions for you from our yeah. viewers so let us start taking those questions if you don't mind sir yeah yeah uh mari oh, subramanian watch yeah go ahead why sir. uk france usa and germany are not acting look they stopped acting because it, they they were the ones who wanted china to prosper till 2008 china was having problems with the tibetans till the that summer olympics just before the summer olympics of problems even when deng xiaoping was alive he said we'll give you he was prepared to go in for a, uh, some kind of a deal with the tibetans right there was this five point agreement then the plan then there was this middle path policy by dalai lama all these have gone through if you go through the history 
but at no point in time in history that these four countries which are being distinct supported tibetans in fact they didn't want this to come up because their their business interests and their national interests overruled money speaks that's a different thing they 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 transferred all the polluting industries of theirs into china and china is now today a more polluted nation and a more rigorous carbon emitter and they are living in clean societies that's where it is a uh, next question from dawal tomar can we get this presentation for future references oh well any time you want me to speak i have and there these this presentation is just uh, aid for me to talk yeah uh, sudhir reddy wants to know dr ambedkar was alive when tibet was occupied i think so I, I, that I, I, that's a you know what shall i say i'm clean bold on this <laughs> you just have to go into the timeline and uh, have yeah. a look at it yeah sanat kohal kolhatkar wants to know any information about mining ores hidden in tibet ah i don't think there are many because if there were any ores ores they were the, 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 the chinese would have done that but what what chinese want from tibet is water they are taking brahmaputra water into their uh, northern areas which china doesn't touch china is a polluted country their main rivers hango and yellow river are 80% of the water is not usable not, not even not for agriculture uh, yeah, yeah. so they need uh, water and that water is and uh, in tibet tibet is called the water tower of asia after all all your major trans boundary rivers flow from there you start indus uh, ganges ganga brahmaputra salween mekong uh, hango and uh, other one on top i'm forgetting anyway indus indus also no no uh, indus i said did say okay. so uh, yeah satluj Uh, one more, uh, the two main rivers of uh, china getting old i suppose viewers <laughs> <laughs> uh, viewers uh, general ravi shankar had done a very detailed presentation about china's plan to take water out of brahmaputra by constructing dams and what kind of an ecological disaster that could create and that has been there uh, on our channel though so please do feel free to go back if you go to youtube.com look for p gurus just say channel p gurus and then search under that general ravi shankar you will see some of the presentations that general ravi shankar did where he talked very detailed about the great bend of brahmaputra water whether if china builds all these dams what happens to india's water coming from brahmaputra everything is covered so do please look at yeah, it's, a it's a good ppt yes 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 yeah, yeah. next question please Uh, Sanat Kolhatkar again. The demography of Tibet is being changed drastically by injection of the Han ethnic group from China. Any comments on that? Yeah, uh, this is the popular perception. I'll call it a popular perception. But from what I've read, that's not happening. Uh, you see, the Han come from the plains. For them, this cold, forbidding uh, place is alien. okay the the han population which is there in tibet 
are mostly those people who are part of the projects. They, whether it's the railway lines, dams, and all the construction projects and the infrastructure projects which are being uh, carried out in Tibet are hand-dominated. So if the number of projects are high, hands are high. Uh, I did read a very nice uh, dissertation where they have said how many marriages are taking place with locals. It's not much. The hand population has generally been the same. Uh, intermarriage is very little. Uh, permanent location, relocation into China, uh, Tibet is also less. They might be happening. I'm not saying no to it. But government officials, lot hands. Uh, the hands get extra allowances. Uh, they get first-rate uh, treatment as against Tibetans who are treated as second-rate citizens. For this differential, it's, it's, a, it's a, something like a colonial attitude. As a colonial ruler, you come there, you get the extra perks. Those kind of hands are will are coming in, there's no doubt. But there's no evidence of a permanent uh, change. But uh, the construction of projects, the infrastructure and all, these are all long-term issues. It might result in a permanency at some point of time. But that, uh, that's the nature of the game. Girijal Mamadi wants to know, has the government of Bharat ever staked claim on Aksai Chen in talks with China, ever, or is it quietly handed over to them for all practical purposes? Well, uh, I don't think after 62 we've had a talk with them on Aksai Chen. That's my guess. Because after that, the talks have been about the LAC. You know, spoken to them, we've, you know, we've written about it that, you know, and the, in the in the parliament, many of our uh, leaders and politicians and our representatives have said that we should take back Aksai Chen and all that. And, you know, all these questions have come up in the parliament. But have we faced them squarely and said, we are sitting on our land beyond? Even now, that the thing about Depsang is only about, you know, we are not getting access to that petrol point, which is across Depsang. It is not about Aksai Chen. Right? We are not touching the broader issue. We are also not touching about the broader issue to say Arunachal is not yours. We are also not saying that unless you, you come to this, that we will not do trade with you. I mean, it's very funny in the past one year, the amount of trade which has gone up. I thought last year the trade with China had come down by banning apps and this and that and all that. But it has now gone back. It has gone back to the extent that Wangi says, oh, trade is on a, you know, what what what, what are the word he used? Um, on the uh, on the up, up on the rise yeah. on the rise so as if it's an express train going at uh, you know top this thing and he's he stopped talking of the LAC also look let's face facts uh, and this is something which uh, I was discussing and this came out if and this was discussing with the Taiwanese uh, if China can't make headway against Taiwan because of the U.S. guarantees X, Y, Z. And if it still wants to become a superpower, the next target is India. Which China, it has to focus on the 260 kilometers channel up uh, north-south about 800-900 kilometers. With India, it has a scope over 3,000 kilometers to do what it wants, when it wants, do a land grab like it did in Eastern Ladakh, 
and show to the world that it is the boss. And the war with India will not be to defeat India. The war will be to defeat India on the table. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Ravi Razdan wants to know, Gilgit Baltistan is reportedly already ceded to China. Your thoughts? I Look, uh, all these things will come, but I don't think it will ever happen. Let me give you the fundamental reason why. What's happening in Afghanistan? There was a big talk when the Americans left. Oh, China will come in. Chinese companies will come in. They'll make copper ore. China will take $100 trillion out of Afghanistan. You know, this, that, all that. You know, big story. What has happened so far? Nothing except drugs has come out of Afghanistan. The Chinese have not given them any aid. I mean, there are reasons, isn't it? Why? There are a single Chinese company who wants to go in there and bloody get shot. The security situation does not permit. So, China is not a risk-taking nation in military terms, as you, we've seen. It has not done any great adventure. It has not done any expeditionary attack on anyone else. That is why I am confident that we can handle China. Because militarily, it is a weak nation. It might have a lot of... Uh, armory and big this thing but it does not have the capability to deploy it and fight because fighting demands shedding blood history of china doesn't say so historically and history has a lot of value when you get down to fighting general so, use i'll come to this i'll come yeah, to this Gilgit, because this is the critical part the critical part is that if china gets back into gilgit baltistan and you create a security situation by them for them. Where do they go? They're already stuck in Pakistan and very badly stuck. Right? Gilgit Baltistan, which is disputed territory to start with, you go and take it over and do something. And what is your legal standing there? So they'll open themselves to lawfare and casualties. Actually, for a Indian strategist, this will be a dream if they get into Gilgit-Baltistan. Provided, again, we have the guts to do what we are supposed to do. And the thinking. Um, General Ravishankar, before we go to the Agnivir question, uh, and, and we can take another 10-15 minutes if need be. This is a yeah, very yeah, no important problem. discussion. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I just have a couple of follow-up questions on uh, Gilgit-Baltistan. I had done some research 3-4 years ago, and I had noticed that the Chinese have constructed enclaves in the city of Gilgit with areas that are completely walled off. And inside that, it's completely Chinese signs. Only Chinese live there. The locals can only come there to do menial work or to be guides or to be transport workers and so on and so forth. And, and after that, there were murmurs that Chinese were already getting involved in the local politics. This is the city of Gilgit. That is one one observation, sir. I have not seen any update after that. Maybe they just put a clap on it. So we let's, don't know. let's kill this first. Yeah. Then. yeah. Uh, see, it's possible that the, there's a Chinese enclave. There's a Chinese enclave in Gwadar also. They, wherever the Chinese are, that's the way they live in enclaves. Because they don't merge with civilians, uh, local people and all that. You catch an Indian hill, first thing you'll go and see a local movie there or eat in a local daba out there. We merge with, the, you know, you blend with the local people. 
the chinese wants his noodle whether he is in uh, usa or <laughs> he is the same thing he is a one track guy let's i am talking that that's his culture okay so they live in this uh, enclaves these guys must be the construction guys for the diamar basha dam which they inaugurated you know the the foundation stone was laid some time back so their presence doesn't worry me you know in, in, in enclaves the problem will come if they are not in enclaves as far as they are in enclaves for a purpose they taken from that enclave to the dam site and back so fine let them they will not stake and that's fine the problem comes when they get the freedom to do what they want to do um general ravishankar recently there was a deal signed to start mining again in reko dik area of balochistan yeah. <laughs> yeah. pakistan now yeah. it, even though everything looks like a canadian company bothered uh, a lot of back channel stories coming out that it was actually chinese investment yeah. that china used money that it had in canada or china funneled it through a canadian company and so on and so forth these are just allegations sir do you know if they have started working on that because it's an open mine the Look, point uh, is again, not mining it the uh, point again, is how to get it out that is the problem. i i don't know about it let me be very honest but the baluch ribala me knows the baluch liberation me knows what's happening one day they'll pop off four guys which is you know they they're doing it indiscriminately or this well, this is happening on a daily basis sir daily this is happening basis. on a daily basis daily yes. basis four chinese will go and then everything the whole game will come out look that's a high stakes game which is going on see take your mind back 6 7 years back when the cpc started coming the whole pakistan was gung ho hum to kal sone ke chidiya ban jayenge so where are they now lot of debt the chinese are not happy they are not giving coal for the coal plants the coal plants are not functioning at full this thing so everyone is in what shall i say deep trouble there okay i didn't want to use a four letter word so <laughs> <laughs> okay they are in trouble right so this is all pie in the sky i these things uh, pakistan won't change the chinese won't change then these things will go on So, sir sir yeah. for an army man you are remarkably careful about your choice of vocabulary <laughs> look we are talking with a lot of good people and uh, <laughs> i don't want the bad army man in me to come out <laughs> thank you sir let's take a look yeah. at bs rice question nobody could counter your agniware database logic have you had any feedback well i've had feedback feedback i've had uh okay not a counter a feedback i've had people have called me insane people have called me foolish people have called me myopic people said daddy you don't know what agniveer will do to this nation uh i said okay i kept quiet so because you know 1 plus 2 is 1 unless you do that anil kapoor's 1 2 ka 4 <laughs> okay uh, that doesn't change in fact i have uh, i have done some more you know research on that uh, whatever my initial uh, data actually the situation might be a little worse than that i mean 
I am for Agnivir. Let me be very honest. I am for the thought of Agnivir that you reduce age, you reduce manpower, you know, go more technical, go more firepower oriented. Because if you reduce manpower, you have to dominate by firepower. I am of that mindset. But the methodology is what I have a problem with. Right. And if you remember in the last episode, we did discuss a different uh, methodology which I had propagated. Where yes, you do a, right? Where you don't five, do seven, a single yeah. uh, 579. Actually, I'm working on it. Maybe in a day or two, I'll come out with uh, a model, a working model with figures. How will it go? And it, I have also proven it that you know money is not an issue. Whatever you save by not giving Agnivi expansion, that money will come to you only after 15 years. It not, doesn't come to you today. Agnivi will take 15 years to be, get a pension. No, You're throwing a mode before that. So you save on pension after 15 years, not today. Whatever pension outgo today, you will save. What government as India has already saved is the 2.25 lakh people whom they have not recruited for the past three years. And True. these three three years where there is zero recruitment is a complete saving for the next 20 years. That's true. That's true. So uh, you have General money. Ravishankar, money is not an issue. Yeah. General Ravishankar, what you said at the beginning about, you know, uh, this government's lack of communication or not wanting to communicate, you know, these kinds of things, you can have some experts come in and say, these are the numbers. This is how you save. This is what happens. I mean, this happens very commonly in, in the United States where the matter concerns the complete country. People will come and look at it. And in fact, there are some unspoken things that, uh, you know, I would like. The, there are so many opportunities. Recruitment in state police has practically come to zero now. Because what is happening is the state government started misusing or abusing their position to recruit people not based on capability but based on the loyalty of the particular police person for that particular party which party. is also yeah, based on a particular so the so there what i'm sorry sir long story short what i'm saying every state has this this uh, you know signature sure. that done and all those things un uh, un uh, you know claim vacancies those can be filled by the agnivir guys See, let's look at it this is a great opportunity for transformation of the nation. Yes. Yes. Right. All you had to do was put in place a few laws. Like, look, look. let's look at it from a slightly different uh, viewpoint. The farm laws. There's nothing wrong with the farm laws. If you had put the farm laws through, today the nation would have benefited. The farmers would have benefited. <laughs> you would have, have enjoyed an export boom right now. Boom. Right. No, we couldn't put this through. And they were well thought through between both, you know, over 20 years, we've been saying we should reform the formulas. We couldn't put them through. Why? Here, we wanted this transformation. The intent of the transformation, I think, fantastic. But have we taken a holistic view of the whole thing? Have you done an end-to-end -end, uh, analysis? That is the issue. If you do not take, if you just see that this is a vehicle for the transformation of the army and you think that after four years, this fellow will go and do something great in the civil society, he can't do poor chat. I mean, let me quote something. I was in a webinar. There was this senior Air Force officer, retired officer, who was absolutely for Agnivir. Then he said, look, you know, what will the Agnivir do in those four years? 
he'll change tires he'll do this and that and all that so after 4 years he goes out what is he capable of changing tires and looking after runways the, what is the equivalent he'll do a puncture shop and really clean the highways you know the point is that the, if some thought had been given to this some fiscal thought had been given to this i mean i can i get i, I can quote figures i have quoted figures why it, it doesn't cost the nation a sausage to go do a slow transformation it's beneficial you get time to resettle these fellows time is of essence and the preparation to resettle well you go down in history as the man who changed india transformed india yeah transformed india i feel bad that this cha- this great idea is being is going to dust that's my problem personally speaking again uh, this is just my opinion um, prime minister modi this is equivalent of 10 nobel prizes i can tell you that because it is such a transformative thing and uh, you need to say listen to those who are well intentioned who are telling that let us try and tweak this thing and make sure that maximum output can be derived from it uh, general ravi shankar before uh, we kind of uh, go to the next question i have written a book called who painted my future bright i had a three book money series and this one talks about see see i wrote and released it much before agnipath came sir i'm i'm like patting my back oh my goodness how did i think of this because that is the only way to solve some of the problems that is faced at this local law and order level in in the different states i'm just telling you you know some people say you know why are you pitching your own book god damn it i have done something that is applicable to this thing at okay. least you want yourself to read that anyway you have a youth bulge i mean it's it's a dividend every year 60 to 70000 agnivirs coming out going into civil society to do good to the nation is a dream come true you can leverage these fellows every man every soldier whether is a agnivir or otherwise who exits the indian armed forces is a leader he can lead two people more in the right direction he's full of morals everything but if he doesn't have an assured future or a reasonably high degree of uh, success we wasted that effort then that's well, my uh, thing you know i feel it i feel it <laughs> uh, next question from garo sf my native place is uttarakhand i live in plain how can i secure my hill land from china how to make me strong enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean you have to go to live in china you got to go in china and become a chinese i suppose then <laughs> you get a land but apart from that let me be very serious about it i don't think today we can do that i don't think we are in a capable we have the capability to change the situation on ground i know a lot of officers i mean i mean a lot of people in jnk who have land on the other side of the lc lost it and mind you for I, I, when i speak to those people uh, some of them were collecting revenue from that land till about say, two decades back right 
uh, when the sensing and all was not there and there was still nebulousness and all that. I My heart goes out to this gentleman, whoever is uh, asking this question. And I don't know. I only wish for his sake and my sake and India's sake that one day Gaurav gets his land. Because that will be the day when we pushed in China back. Well, viewers, you should also watch uh, the recent interview that we put out with Sasha Gong, where they were, we were talking about the population problem of China. And, and they may have already peaked. In fact, that's what Sasha Gong's number suggested, that they may have peaked in 2021. And from this point forward, it's only going to be downhill for China. So there, there is a perfect storm forming here. So let's wait and see. At the same time, we have to do our work too. That's what General is saying. Uh, next thing is, uh, next question, sir, is from Giridhar Mamadi. Uh, by the way, viewers, who do, I don't know if you know Giridhar or not. Giridhar um, actually went to the source of Sindh, Sindh River, in the uh, in in uh, Sindhu River in LAC, and he has done puja there. He has put up. If you go to his uh, Twitter handle, you will see all his pictures. And there are so many people who say Loka Samastha Sukino Bhavantu. Good to everybody. Uh, let's take his question, sir. Giridhar wants to know, do you see China boycotting 2023 G20 summit in JK and Ladakh? Uh, very difficult. Very difficult for them to do so because you could do give it back to them in good measure. Like uh, we almost boycotted the BRICS summit. You know, there are a lot more. If, you, if China wants to behave by boycotting, I, I don't think China can afford it. Yeah, they might give their displeasure by not sending the top guy, they, you know, sending someone else. In any case, Xi Jinping has not traveled outside India. He doesn't dare. He might send someone else. But I don't see this possibility. If China takes this step, look, then this will become G19. There are huge <laughs> repercussions of being of G19 versus G1. Uh, 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 also, Giridhar, the summit is now going to be held in Delhi. India walked off of that bold plan to hold it in Srinagar. Regrettably, uh, it's going to be in Delhi. It's not going to be in Srinagar, unfortunately. So, uh, next question, That's, please. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Finish, finish the thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, that's another problem. I mean, we shouldn't have uh, announced it. If you have, if you had to hold it in Delhi, uh, we shouldn't have announced it in that place. Maybe the government has different calculations by announcing it there. We leave it. We'll leave it at that. Gaurav SF yeah. again, the man who owns land in hills in uh, Uttarakhand. Uh, can Minsar enclave be claimed by India again? I am not uh, too. Uh, aware of this Minsar enclave and its dynamics, so I wouldn't like to comment on this. Sorry, sorry, Gaurav. Uh, my Next question, apologies. Uh, I think uh, we're there. You go. Yeah. Anurag wants to know don't you think we should be concerned of Park's rapid population growth? If they break up tomorrow again, we'll have a 71 like refugee status. Uh, well, I I don't think what we can do anything about it. We can be concerned about anything about Pakistan, but let's be very clear. The more hands-off you are on Pakistan, the better it is. Look, Pakistan is in an internal trap of its own making. Now, it's not going to get out of it. 
that is very clear okay uh, any country which starts internalizing has very little time for outside they can keep making some noises about jnk and all which they have to otherwise they'll not survive politically all those fellows it is fully engrossed within itself whether you call it tlp ttp ap op bla pashtun <laughs> movement everything they have their hands full on the security front their finances as we know are fully short okay despite all the talk they are not off the uh, fatf list they are being forced to get hold uh, get ferret rats out of the hole and get them to court okay there are problems uh, if you see imran khan statements the pretty dicey he is going to take on the army he is actually taken on the army if he becomes the prime minister with the good chances then there will be a problem between him and the army and there's going to be ripples out of that uh, if these people come back then the army equation we don't know if none of them come back who nominates the chief we don't know so they are in shimozels and it best we let them whether they have children rapid population or not they don't have water also incidentally yeah? they are in real trouble for water already the monsoons uh, you know are well on the way and the, uh, everything else their major dams tarbela and the other one i'm forgetting its name uh, they are at dead water levels that means there's no water for downstream they no water can come out of the dam so uh, their agriculture is at a problem problem yeah. uh, let me just finish it so yeah, yeah. they are so it's best we leave them keep them at arms distance we have got a nice fence have any refugees and all come we say please be that side um viewers again there was a very detailed video that we did about pakistan's problems water uh internal stability and so on with a good general again i encourage you to go to pigur channel in fact i challenge this anyone you know you can go and see minute for minute you spend looking at videos on pigurus you will get more value than any other stuff because we really do our work and we also make sure that the subject matter experts know what they are talking about for example rico dick the major madan kumar has given us some video proof of even the chinese engineers being targeted there was one lady two children she gave herself up that that's all that video also is there on p gurus you can watch that my point in saying all this is that your time is well spent on p gurus please support us by subscribing to us please share our links to other friends of yours and that will really help us we are not asking you to do anything else uh, next question from anurag don't you think we should be concerned or oh, this is we are already done with that next question from ak general sir what are the consequences of india going against one china policies and do you think that this is the right time for us to talk about tibet and taiwan look what are the consequences sir there will be consequences there's no doubt about it uh they'll start fingering us in jnk they'll start fingering us to pakistan they'll start fingering us to the northeast but look at it they've lost their grip in uh, sri lanka china has i'm writing an article it should be out on the weekend china's international grip is waning you know angola was their Uh, leading role model it used to be called the angola model for the rest of africa that's collapsing 
Afghanistan, they have not been able to get in. Jacinda Ardern, one of the most left-leaning, uh, you know, New Zealand. State, New Zealand. She said we should take, you know, resist China. I mean, this was absolutely out of the blue, right? Uh, they are not, they are, and what's more, Malaysia is going in for Tejas, having junked out JF-15 in their aircraft purchase. Philippines has said, we will not be trampled in our rights on South China Sea. For the first time, I'm hearing such a statement coming out after two years, since the time when the uh, international court gave their uh, thing in favor of Philippines. These are the statements which are coming out in public. In fact, I've written, I've documented all these. This article is going to come out on this weekend. Have a look at it. You'll get to know. Uh, viewers, so I don't know. Time I'm sorry. For sorry, us to, sorry. This is the best time for us to start this process. But like I said, you need to think it through. How you want to start? It has to be step by step, step by step, step by step. Think over a 30-year, 40-year horizon. Don't be in a hurry. When China is weak, insert one line. When China, something else happens, insert second line. That's what they've done. Just do to China what China did to you. Yeah. So, viewers, you should read up on Solomon Islands and what China has done in that area that happened recently, like a few days ago. That's why New Zealand is not happy. Uh, now, again, Australia also has a socialist-leaning uh, prime minister that is going to be start. They are going to also start making some noises. Solomon okay. Island. So look it up. Yeah. So he says, does the recent China air aggro in Ladakh be a cause for concern? Uh, well, look, any air activity in Ladakh is a cause of concern. But having said that, we need to understand that whatever they do, there are limitations of their air activities. And that is why you'll see that Chinese are deploying more and more missiles because they are not capable enough to handle aircraft out there. They, right? So to that extent, it's not a cause of concern; it's a it's a cost to factor in and handle it. And we have the capability to handle it. Agnivir or no Agnivir, we have the capability to handle it. Thank you very much, General Ravishankar. This was a an eye opener in, on on so many levels. Uh, and I, I, there are many viewers of ours who are also sitting for uh, IAS exams and other exams. And this is a very good source of information. It would have probably taken the good general hours to put together because I read his article in Ganeshot. Usually I read it and I say, okay, there is something more that can be talked about about this. And that's how these uh, conversations come about. And I'm looking forward to your next article, General Ravishankar. And uh, hopefully we'll have a discussion on that too. Yeah, yeah. As always. Yeah, as always, viewers, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to click, click on the bell button for notification. Thank you very much, General Ravishankar. Namaskar. Thank you. Namaskar.